Well, let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, if you would. Mark 10. Uh, We're going to be just looking at one verse there in verse 45 primarily. And if you want to use the Pew Bible, you can find that on page 847. I'm struck already by um, much of what we've uh, considered tonight. And I just hear echoing in my in my heart. The words of a of a pagan centurion looking at a dead man hanging on the cross, declaring, Truly this is the Son of God. Do you believe that tonight? Jesus is, the crucified Lord is, the very Son of God. And it is a great honor to worship Him tonight. Father, we thank You for Your Word now. We thank You for Your Word already this evening. And um, what a blessing it is to hear I always struggle, Father, and I, I trust I'm not alone. I, I don't know whether in response to the, the, this scripture, this truth, I don't know whether to, to thank you or to tell you how sorry I am. And I, I'm sure both are, are probably good and appropriate. But most of all, I, I hope we all are in light of what our Lord has done, in awe, maybe a new awe tonight, as even we sing, full atonement, can it be, hallelujah, what a Savior. And so now we we come and and we want to listen to the words of our Savior. We hunger for even more truth tonight, that we might know him more fully, be reminded once again of what he has done for us and why he has done it. So help us through your spirit, the preaching of your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. When I uh, think on the the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I have this week, and in particular today, I don't know if you've spent some time in the Word reading uh, these accounts, Um, and you think about the death of the Lord, I think Robert Murray McShane, the great Robert Murray McShane said it best a couple hundred years ago, he said, I feel like a little child casting a stone into some deep ravine in the mountainside and listening to hear it fall, but listening on and on and on and on in vain, for it is too deep. And I, I, think, I think the cross of Jesus 
is too deep. I think tonight, after hearing God's account of his crucifixion, after singing our songs of praise for it, I feel something in my heart. This is too deep, Lord. And I trust we'll have all eternity to, to plunge into the depths of the work of Christ. But even tonight, we come once again to our great God and we we ask him, at least this is the question I want to ask him tonight in light of Mark 10.45, why did he die? Or we might put it this way, why did he give his life? Because he did give his life. This was a deliberate choice of Jesus. His crucifixion, as, as some of the, the fiction writers today want you to believe, was not the outcome of Jesus underestimating his popular appeal and getting carried away in the political and religious machinery of the day, him underestimating how this was going to work out. He came to die. He gave his life. In fact, look in your Mark 10, look in verse 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. Okay, what's going to happen? The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him. He's walking to the cross. He goes on, he explains what's going to happen, he explains his death. He is cooperating in his own execution. He came for it. Even, even the great, perhaps the greatest scripture in all, the greatest verse in all of scripture that we all, we all hold so dear. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Well, gave him to whom? Who, who did he give him to? Not, listen, he, he, he gave him for you, but he didn't give him to you. At least not at first. He gave him to them. To the Jews. And to the Romans. To the priests and the princes and the people. He gave him to them to kill him. That's why he came. In fact, in Romans 8, verse 32, God did not spare his own son, but God delivered him over for us all. Jesus' crucifixion was by design, not by accident. This is one of the thousand things that sets Christianity apart from all other religions in this world. Their founders, every single one of them, came to live Ours came primarily to die. But why? Why? Well, listen to his own explanation. There, found in Mark 10, verse 45, perhaps the most famous verse in all the Gospel of Mark. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And this is what I want to focus on briefly tonight. And to give his life as a ransom... For many, 
That's Jesus' answer. You ask Jesus, why did you come? He says, I came. So I wasn't interested in being served. I came to serve. How did you serve? I served by giving my life as a ransom for many. That's why. That's why he died. Now, we think of ransom, and we think immediately of what? Hostages, right? And we think, okay, someone's kidnapped, and what do you do? To free them, you pay the ransom so that they're freed and returned to you. Well, that's, by the way, very similar to their understanding of this word ransom, but they would not think in terms of hostages. They would think in terms of slaves. So you pay a ransom to free a slave, or to use the word they would have used, you pay a ransom to redeem a slave. And so Jesus says, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. That raises at least two questions I hope to answer briefly. One, questions you already know the answer to, but it's good to remember. One, who are the slaves that need to be ransomed? Number two, what is the price to free them? Okay. Who, are, who, who needs to be freed? What is the price? So question number one, who needs to be freed? You know the answer, right, Kristen? You and me. We all needed to be freed. Christians are the sinners that Christ has come to free. We were in captivity. Our only hope, therefore, was for us to be ransomed, that we might be set free. And so this tonight is not simply just another worship service with a bunch of Christians. This is a meeting of released hostages. This is a meeting tonight of freed slaves. Tonight, the freed slaves gather. To praise the one who has freed us. He said, well, wait a second. What do you mean I was a slave? How was I a slave? Well, the Bible probably gives about a dozen answers to that question. But let me just offer two. What, what, what were you freed from? You were freed, first of all, from the power of sin. Jesus himself said in John 8, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. You were a slave to sin, Jesus says. He doesn't see you as one who occasionally sins. He sees you as one under the power of sin, in bondage to sin, one needing to be ransomed from the power of sin. One of my favorite songs, probably my favorite songs, um, and can it be, as long my imprisoned spirit lay, and my imprisoned spirit fast bound in sin and nature's night. So you were enslaved to sin, but that's not the worst of it, is it? Because that sin leads to a response from God upon you, and that response is called judgment. We were not only enslaved to sin, we, we were not only enslaved to the power of sin, we are enslaved to the penalty of sin. For Jesus himself says in Matthew 25, that these, referring to those who refuse his mercy, will go away into eternal punishment. Eternal, what's the penalty of sin, according to Jesus? Punishment that goes on forever. Eternal punishment. And so you see what kind of danger we were in. 
We, 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 we were captive and could not free us. We were captive to sin and a coming judgment. And unless someone came and freed us, we had no hope whatsoever. Someone had to pay the price for our ransom. And I tell you this evening, according to Mark 10.45, Christ has come to pay your ransom. He, he freed you. So well, what, what was the price? How much did he have to give? Right? That's question number two. What's the price to free us? Well, you know it. We've talked about it all night, haven't we? It was his life. You say, well, why not, why not his wealth? Right? That's how you free slaves. That's how you free hostages. You pay. Why not, why not money? First Peter tells us, it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb of God without blemish. Right? Why? Why not, why not silver and gold? Why his life? Well, it's because our enslavement was not due to the ill will and the greeds of some people that came and grabbed us. And took us hostage. Right? Our enslavement was our own choosing. We, we were not innocent victims in this whole thing. We were captured rebels who rightly deserved eternal punishment. And so what did he do? What did Jesus do? Why does he have to give his life to free us? Well, he's come to take our enslavement upon himself. He takes our judgment upon himself. He takes our sin upon himself. He comes and he switches places with us. He takes our place. He puts the bounds upon him. He takes the judgment upon him. That's why he says there in verse 45 that I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. For many. That word for... It simply means in place of. I come to give my life as a ransom in place of many. So therefore, it's not that just Jesus died for you. It's that Jesus died instead of you. In your place. You deserve to die. And Jesus came and said, I will take your place. Mine, mine was the transgression but thine the deadly pain, though here I fall, my Savior, tis deserve, uh, tis deserve this place, we say. So it's almost as Jesus came to you, as it were, and said, I, I will be condemned so you don't have to. I will take the wrath of God. I will take the judgment of God. I will take the eternal punishment of God for all the evil which you have committed, are committing, and will commit upon myself so that you might be free from sin and free from the condemnation that your sin requires. Romans 5.8 says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us in place of us, instead of us. My question for you tonight is are you part of the us? Are you part of the us? Christ died for us. Is that you? He says, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. Not all, many. Are you part of the many? Have you been set free? 
tell you almost every Sunday, don't I? The Bible tells us that Romans 10 and verse 13, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be set free. You will, you will go forth and follow him. For us Christians, can you know, none of this is new, obviously. Any number of you could have given this message. But can we just remember? Is it not good to remind ourselves that it would have been good and proper for God to shut you up in the prison he calls hell forever? That would have been the just good thing to do, right? And there you would be forever. But Christ has come and paid a full and complete ransom for us all. Jesus paid it all. It's all. We are totally free. Therefore, there's nothing that we need to do. He's paid it all. So you were locked away in that prison, ready for the gavel to fall and for you to sent to a place of eternal punishment called hell. And Jesus came and he throws open the door and he says, you're free now. You're free from fear. You're free from sin. You're free from judgment. You're, you're free to go home and to be with God forever. I think perhaps none have put it better than one of my favorite authors, J.C. Ryle, who wrote many hundred years ago, was he condemned, though innocent? It was that we might be acquitted, though guilty. Did he wear a crown of thorns? It was that we might wear a crown of glory. Was he stripped of his raiment? It was that we might be clothed in everlasting righteousness. Was he mocked and reviled? It was that we might be honored and blessed. Was he reckoned a sinner and numbered among the transgressors? It was that we might be reckoned innocent and justified from all sin. Did he die at last? the most painful and disgraceful of deaths. It was that we might live forevermore exalted to the highest glory. He has paid the ransom that we would be set free. And this is what we've We've remembered tonight through scripture and through singing and through sermon. And now the privilege to do so as God's instructed us through this supper, this Lord's Supper, that we will remember his death. And as we do, I pray that your heart, even in the morning of the price that he paid in your heart, there would be joy and gratitude that we think that this this cup teaches us that his blood was spilled this bread teaches us his body was broken repeatedly that we might be free father we we now 
come to this meal thanking you that you would send your son that he would endure the unimaginable and take our place in doing so that we might sinners even rejoice tonight thinking full atonement it's full we are completely and fully atoned for and freed and redeemed through Jesus. Help us to rejoice in those truths. Help it to change us that we might become more and more like Jesus, we pray. Amen. If the deacons will